Hello and welcome to the Foreign Influence Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Nikolai. And uh, we are recording here, I'm going to call this out this time, on my Sunday morning in the United States, Nikolai's Sunday evening in Singapore, because man, the facts are changing fast on the biggest story going on right now. It's been a hell of a week, dude. A hell of a week. Oh my God. <laughs> Just one week. Yeah, right? A week off. Yeah, God. I did. So we took a week off last week. Uh, that was on me. That was me. Uh, so my thought was we would be talking about what happened with the, uh, debate, uh, which was entertaining in its own way. But now president Trump has got the COVID. Uh, and so now that's the biggest thing we could go back to the debate if we want, but now president Trump has got the COVID. And of course, Melania, uh, was bitching about Christmas decorating. Uh, you know, we hate to make this U S and Trump specific all the time, but Good God. Um, well, that's where the fun is, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. That's where all the good stuff is happening. Come on. We'll talk about something else if, if the old dude gets elected. But um, yeah, that's got to, just going to be boring business as usual. But for now, it's just it's fun, man. It's, it's a hell of a ride. And we don't even quite know what the ride is. Um, his doctor came out and gave a press conference yesterday where he delivered some information on his health. But then they spent the whole rest of the day talking about how that wasn't exactly accurate um yeah well you know it's a he's a world leader so information will be inaccurate he will be doing just fine until he dies right like every world leader who falls ill i guess yeah yeah but of course the dark undertone to that is say again you can't go around saying he's weak and crippled and hospitalized and guys this is a great moment to strike yes in case you were wondering now is the time if you yeah, want to yeah. attack anything at all, please go ahead because we have no leadership. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, how do you feel about it? I saw, I saw that Biden and Obama wished him well on Twitter, which I thought was a was a very decent thing to do. Good for them. Uh, you know, I okay. So, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> good, no, I am good <laughs> for them. <laughs> you know what? I am going to. Ah, all right. You know what? When really foul people get into bad circumstances, it challenges good people <laughs> in ways that are not comfortable. So I would never wish ill on anyone. I don't want anyone to get sick uh, at all, period. Um, but for this particular individual uh, who has been so uncaring toward other people getting sick, and so actively discouraging measures that would help. Um, I will continue to wish him no ill. I will not actively wish him good wishes. Well, I, I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it would be very inconvenient for political reasons if something unfortunate were to happen to him. But how can I possibly feel? I mean, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, right? Yes. There I mean, come go. on. Like, like he didn't care about 200,000 deaths in the U.S. It's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. So you know, it is what it is. Of course, there that's a famous quote from an interview where someone specifically said. Do you have any comment on 200,000 dead? And the first thing that basically came out of his mouth was, well, it is what it is. So there you go, right? So that encapsulates it. 
It is what it is. So he gets sick <laughs> exactly. now. Oh, and, and so this event that they held for the Supreme Court nominee has basically become a super spreader event. Not officially labeled yet, but all kinds of public officials are getting sick from it because none that of is, them were socially distancing, wearing that, masks. That is such a shame. If only there was some sort of medical advisor, right, that could somehow inform these people to wear masks and to socially distance in case of a global pandemic. Gosh, you really should have hired a guy like that, Bill. How come there's there isn't a guy like that on staff? Look, the, the government doesn't employ anybody like that. Um, right. Sadly, we're completely flying blind with no data, no information. Um, well, no on science. the upside, gonna, on the upside, it's going to cool down soon. So, <laughs> just you know, don't worry about it. Global warming is going to solve itself. COVID's going to go away. Don't worry about it. Like a You're miracle. Worried. You know, like he repeated that. He put out a statement course he he appeared um famously over this weekend he moved from the white house uh to walter reed hospital uh and in there he put out like a four minute statement and uh in there he was talking about the treatments that he's getting and he said they really are a miracle they're a miracle they're a gift from god yeah um and science (laughs) (laughs) mostly just science mostly just science And, and, but the thing that struck me in the whole thing was the reason, like his explanation of why he was transferred to the military hospital, I found to be incredibly irresponsible. I don't know if you saw, if no, you saw the video. Go ahead. He said, well, they asked me, they gave me the option to stay in the White House. They were like, you stay upstairs. You don't see anyone. You stay inside. And he was like, this is America. This is the greatest country on earth. I cannot stay in my room. <laughs> yes. Cannot do it. Cannot be done. It's the greatest country on earth. I have to walk around. So but I'm going to go st- to the hospital. But I'll stay in a hospital room. That is just so irresponsible. He's basically saying to people that it's impossible. Even he, as the president of the United States in America, in the White House, cannot socially isolate. Yes. <laughs> and he that cannot is the, do the most basic. Why you have to go to the hospital. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's so many ways it doesn't add up, right? So many ways. Uh, But, you know, if you assume everything is a lie, um, I think. Oh, it all adds up. Yeah, sure. Right. Well, you know, in a couple episodes ago, we talked about all the conspiracy theories that swirl around. Apparently, there were the the QAnon folks were the way they were processing this, because, of course, conspiracy theorists and religious zealots always need to come up with a way to process things when it doesn't go their way, is apparently he... um, he was retreating because he's getting ready for his big move. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Doesn't involve a ventilator or <laughs> does the, how does Maybe. the big move fail? <laughs> like, what's he got to do for it? I'm going to insert this tube into my lungs. <laughs> and deliver more pronouncements. Um, wow, sure. I mean, honestly, all of this is very difficult to process. Um, so what though been, on a more serious level, what yeah. does this imply for the elections going forward? I'm assuming there will likely not be a second debate. I mean, even though obviously that's not a big loss. Um, yeah, going the first debate, it was just a hot mess, right? Well, let's let's assume that uh, he is up, um, right, and not right. you know dead, um, and is actually able to function. Um, I mean, I suppose they could do a Zoom debate. 
but in terms of the broader outline of the election, we are just about one month away. We're slightly less than one month away from the election. Uh, people are already voting. He did have that debate performance, which we'll talk about maybe more in a minute, where he basically just decided interrupting and screaming and shouting, uh, breaking all the rules that his campaign had agreed to were the way to go. And apparently in one poll that I saw today from the Wall Street Journal, Biden has gotten to his highest level of support since it began. And Trump has dropped to 39% and he's never dropped below 40. So the prospects, and this is pre his getting sick. So, right, right. so that already backfired, his strategy in the, uh, in the debate. And now we'll see some polling later um, about how his getting sick after such a horrible COVID response uh, will have an impact on things. So I don't think we know from a polling perspective. My God, obviously, I hope it's not a good look. I mean, come on. Come on. Well, well, yeah, that's that's what some people are saying, right? That there might be, if he recovers um, without any trouble, like quickly and completely, that it might somehow further encourage um, his base to not believe in COVID or yeah. the COVID deniers or the COVID idiots, whatever you want to call them, do not believe in the necessity of basic measures to prevent the spread, right? Yeah. Well, they won't, right? Because his whole line the whole time along has been, I can see it now. The whole time he's been talking about this, he's basically said, it's the sniffles, it's the flu. And right, right. if he comes back out of it, I really think it's bad for public health in the United States because he will not learn the lesson that we can take steps to prevent this and that we should he will instead lean into his messaging, which is it is the sniffles and the flu, and you all should go out and just live your lives like normal. Well, he, he, he continuously says it's the sniffles and the flu, and he's, he claims that all of the people dying of COVID are basically dying of underlying conditions. Yeah. And this is something that has become extremely toxic on the internet, right? Both on Twitter, on Twitter, on Reddit, basically wherever you go. This is, this is the hard line that people are... are are towing when they're from the US, right? Oh, people are only dying of comorbidities and underlying conditions, which is, I mean, it's just crazy. It just means that they don't know how deaths are being uh, classified in hospitals, right? You never die of COVID or flu or, right? You always die because your heart stops <laughs> or you die because <laughs> that's just the way these things are processed, right? There's a, there's a, there's a first condition which kills you, and then there's underlying conditions which contributed to, to the immediate death, right? So to right. say that, you know, that that most of them died of cardiovascular disease, yes, that's true. <laughs> right. But it was the virus that killed them. Right? Yes, and that as was, their lungs were damaged. But it, right. but at the same time, I mean, who cares, right? I right. Mean, and who cares? The right? virus is, is what is pushing these people over the edge. They, yes. Yes. They absolutely. were living with these conditions. And now they're dead now without they're those conditions. <laughs> what is so complicated to wrap your head around? It's yes. unbelievable, right? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Well, you know, there's a fundamental, did I talk about this before? There's a fundamental cruelty, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. some people just seem to embrace. Um, you know, we can take steps, but screw it. Um, let God sort them out. Like you said, you know, just, just let God's it all yeah, yeah, yeah. fall where it may. It is what it is. And that's such a cruel attitude. 
And one, of course, that we don't accept in just about every other walk of life, right? I mean, we take steps to protect ourselves all the time. Some of us in the United States buy lots of guns. If you weren't afraid for yourself, you wouldn't buy all those guns. Well, that's bound to bring more love into the world. Guns. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what this world needs right now. More guns. More guns. That's probably going to solve everything. No, but I was talking, um, I was talking about this with my wife this afternoon as we were walking outside. So here in Singapore, um, as you know, Bill, um, there is this very strong push on uniting the population of Singapore and saying that we're going to get through this together. Hmm. And there's um, very well-financed marketing campaigns around that, right? So there's hashtags and there's, uh, there's billboards everywhere basically saying Singapore United, right? It's, it's, it's a difficult moment where we're all going to get through it together. Let's all stick together. And I know that a lot of, um, well, at least some people have responded to that somewhat negatively, people from the West, um, because they, people have told me that they found it was fake and it was just marketing, right? It was just, but I think it has a, it really does have a tangible positive influence on the way people go through the pandemic. Like it's, I, I think it's worth um, bringing out, trying to bring out the best in people rather than the worst, right? And trying to say, okay, this is the official way which we're going to deal with this. We're all going to stick together, right? And we're going to try to be positive and upbeat and we're going to make it through, right? That's the official party line here. And it really works. It's, it's uplifting. What it could really, you possibly really, say negative about that? I don't, I, like, I'm baffled. Clearly, you don't know a lot of French people. <laughs> it's just, you know, complaining is nice. You know? <laughs> and then you strike. I mean, first yes. you complain, then you strike. Uh, and then you have a cookout. Uh, I completely support that kind of message. Um, so, uh, because you, you're going to have an official message, right? There's going right. to be exactly. one. Exactly. Whether you like it or not. Um, and why in the hell wouldn't you make your official message that we need to forbear, we will get through this, we'll do it together? Yes, look, it's all marketing, of course, and we've all criticized like corporate messages and stuff like that, where it's like, oh, give me a bullshit. Like, you don't really care about Black Lives Matter. You just want to sell shoes or whatever it is. Right. But look, there's nothing wrong with having a positive national approach. Yeah, exactly. God, and it really works. It makes you feel better, man. It works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. On the official well, party line, Singapore has demonstrated like, some competence. Right. <laughs> well, they're dealing with COVID tremendously well, right? Yeah. So it's just amazing. Yeah, life is great here. I mean, uh, but in, 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 in the US, the official party line is let God sort them out. It is. They're all, they were all sick, and, sick and, and weak to begin with. So who cares, right? Yeah. There's yeah, there was an interview from a few weeks back, the lieutenant governor of Texas, who basically said that... Uh, as all the Republicans are arguing, we've got to just completely reopen the economy and where things go wrong, they go wrong. Uh, and part of his argument was, look, grandparents understand that they have to sacrifice for the good of their grandchildren. They are ready to die. And I kid you not, they are ready to die so that the economy can open. Um, wow. Yeah. They're much more patriotic than your <laughs> <good> grandparents. <Yeah. laughs> Those are definitely not willing to die for anyone. Uh, I should ask my parents. Yeah, check in yeah. with them. Yeah, see sure. if they see if they're willing to, you know, sacrifice themselves 
Go out, no, that, have a decent that, meal, boost the I economy a little bit. Because I hate not partying. So it would be great if you could all die already so I can party. Exactly. That would be great, right? Um, yeah, I just don't. I I just don't get it. This 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 cruelty. That's exactly it. It's a, it's an inherent cruelty. It's um, it's I, I I find it very disheartening. Well, and let me be philosophical for a second. Look, the the world is a cruel place. Um, if you take nature and a materialist outlook seriously, if you take evolution seriously, uh, what bloody and tooth and claw. Uh, the world is a brutal place where basically most altruistic, right? It depends on what you want to focus on. Well, but we as a people, as a species can choose to mitigate that as much as possible. Yes. Through the highly, highly underappreciated act of applying our reason and our intellect to the world. Which apparently uh, has no place in modern society these days. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> Those and compassion. Right. Those and compassion. Exactly. Anyway, I'm not losing any sleep over this guy. No, COVID. it's incredibly it hard. Uh, I am not losing sleep. I cannot ish him, wish him ill. Um, but you know what? If anybody deserved this, maybe it was him. So, yeah, you know, but this does raise, uh, if you think it's complex now, um, just to quickly touch on this, um, you asked about the impact of the election. Look, we could be facing things like people have already voted. The leading candidate is out. Uh, right. Does the vice presidential, not the leading candidate in the polls, I mean, the, lead, the, the candidate for the Republican Party, the sitting president is out. Does the VP step in? Uh, how does he go about naming his VP? I actually don't know the rule book on that stuff. Uh, what happens to all the ballots that have already been submitted for him? Do those people get to revote? Um, what happens um, in a more day-to-day -day standpoint? What if he's incapacitated? Normally, the vice president takes over. Hopefully, he doesn't get incapacitated. By the way, just for everyone else out there in the world, then it goes to the Speaker of the House, which is Nancy Pelosi, which is a Democrat. She would become the acting president. Um, we're really kind of in a crisis, crazy moment. Yeah, It's really all 2020. Well, well to be honest, it's, it's probably best if it all works out, right? All right, fair enough, yes. Right, if it just gets back on his feet sooner rather than later and just yeah. picks it back up and we head to the elections, we go through it, and Biden gets elected, and it's all got to change yeah. for the better, hopefully. Well, and he accepts the election results. Right, exactly. And we won't descend into civil war and all of that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, you know, let's hope for a, for a quick and positive outcome. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, I want to just pivot more to an international perspective here just uh, for a few minutes. I do have some tape, though. I got some tape from uh, that statement that he made from Walter Reed uh, Medical Center. So, Nikolai, this, this is for you. But this was something that happened, and it's happened to millions of people all over the world, and I'm fighting for them, not just in the U.S. I'm fighting for them all over the world. We're going to beat this coronavirus, or whatever you want to call it, and we're going to beat it soundly. He's fighting for you. I would like to thank you, Mr. President, for fighting for me. 
<laughs> and also, I would like an exhaustive list on the things we could call the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah right. And can we call it names? Is it <laughs> oh, that's good. We're fighting Billy. Who's Billy? Or maybe his preferred thing is the Rona. The Rona. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that could work. The Rona could work. Yeah, but it's so good to hear that he's fighting for us, just like you fought for democracy all over the world. You're just back at it again. Great. Fantastic. We, we did it. We, we did it. We did it all over the Middle East. We fought for so much democracy over the last 20 years um, and near Asia. Well, uh, the reason I wanted to play that is uh, because one of the talking points of the Trump administration and Republicans always is that they have finally made America great again on the international stage, that we are more respected than, than ever, that uh, we're more loved than ever. Uh, and our coronavirus response has just been so fantastic and a national model and blah, 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 blah. And um, I'm just asking you, is that true? Uh, well, it's guy that finally s someone asked me. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> not enough people are asking me how I feel about their country, really. It's yeah, just, I'm just wondering. I mean, you must agree. Uh, yeah, sure. No, I mean, like, I, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm starting to have somewhat of a complicated relationship with the U.S. Um, so for us Europeans, it's a little bit complicated, right? So the you, so so my generation, at least, our youth was strongly shaped by U.S. culture. Right, a very strong influence on my youth, on my cultural references, and the way I looked at the future, thought about the world. And these days, I I, I even live there, right? I I spent yeah. two years in the U.S. and I just these days I find myself caring less and less about what happens in the U.S. and about you know U.S. culture. I I just care less and less. Um, it used to be that you would look to the U.S. for examples for things that would inspire you, right? Uh, for things that would eventually come to Europe. It would be a precursor for, hmm. for trends, right? It would be like whatever cultural phenomena would be going on in the US would surely soon come to Europe, right? And those days are over. Hmm. They're just over. I just, I mean, I feel increasingly estranged from US culture. Hmm. On, on not just on the political front, but really on the cultural front, and with so many things that are that are going on, right? These uh, the whole identity warfare thing that has been going mm -hmm. on since 2013. Um, the, the 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 extreme polarization of society is just these are things that you hope will never make it to your country. Hmm. So these days you look to the U.S. and you go, huh. Well, I hope it stays there. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, that means that, and that I don't look to the U.S. for inspiration for examples anymore. And I just, you know, I just feel wow. myself not caring, just wow. honestly not caring, um, well, which is sad, which is sad in many ways. And I'm sure I'm not alone in this. Well, you know, one of the advantages... Uh, of moving abroad is obviously I got to know a lot of people from other countries, which especially here in the middle of the U S where I grew up, uh, your opportunities were fewer than if you lived in the, on the coast. Um, right. So I got very involved in and have remained involved in like chat groups and things like that. And the overwhelming sense I get from those groups as well is just like you're, you're done. Uh, you United States, you're done. 
you have just proven yourselves the fools uh, too many times. Uh, and this actually goes way back. I mean, the Iraq War, uh, which essentially the United States pushed through on the world stage, proved disastrous. Um, you know, the global financial crisis, uh, many people looked at that as a U.S.-centered crisis on Wall Street. Uh, and now we have our response to the coronavirus, which is right up there with the skill level of a Brazil. Uh, I mean, it's just, <laughs> we right. and repeatedly on the world stage in the last 20 years, we have made ourselves the fools, the buffoons making the wrong choices. Um, and you see that reflected. I see that reflected in the public opinion of the small section, admittedly, of people that I see, but there's larger polls. The Pew Center runs polls, and basically our reputation on the global stage is just down, 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 down. Um, and, I think, and I think for Europe, um, at least I can only speak to Europe, I think there's more going on as well, right? It's not just disappointment. It's not just cultural disappointment or that you've shown... Um, repeatedly shown your that you're inept to, to to deal with the challenges that are being thrown your way but we have problems in Europe we we you know we're facing our own problems um, and we would look to the US for solutions right for for inspiration to find solutions and it's increasingly hmm. clear that they're not going to come from the US hmm. right so we face our own challenges with rising nationalism um, with you know migration issues, yeah, immigration. Um, yeah. With 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 the increased tensions between the countries of the European Union um, uh, regarding our relationship uh, to Russia, to Asia, uh, in, in the in what is going to be the new power balance, right? Because this is not something that's gonna the the impact of the current pandemic and the economic recession. Uh, that it is already causing is not something that is just going to blow over. It's not something that's going to go away over the next 12 months. Reopen or you might. It's not going to go away. It's going to have a very severe impact in, your, in each of our individual countries, but also in the power balance of the world, right? And where does Europe fit in? What, right? what are your values in a world where the country that used to incarnate democratic values and enlightenment values clearly no longer does so right um we have some of those values in europe right don't forget who gave you the statue of liberty <laughs> no 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 we started it all thank you very much is one of the things that bugs me is this oldest democracy in the world shit <laughs> that i hear a lot of Guys, not true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was nice of you to like write it in crayon, but we perfected it. Uh, we perfected it. We, we, we made it great again. <laughs> so, right. How do you, how do you, how do you bring these values into the world and in, into this new world, into this new power balance? Yeah. When to the East, you have superpowers that do not share these values, that do not, not share your enlightenment values. Um, right. Where does that leave Europe? Yes. And, 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 and how do you, how do you continue to form an independent pan-European identity, um, in this, in, in this context, these are, these are challenging issues. And I think that many of us 
are turning more inward, hmm. more inward and looking more to the east than we are to the west. Wow. But surely you can't, I mean, maybe for like an economic future, but you can't look to the east and let's name names, China. You can't look to the Chinese system as a model for how to go forward. Um, but economically, no, no, you might have to look there. I mean, right, exactly, you're on the same yeah, continent. Yeah. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, We're on the same continent. Well, Europe is in a unique situation. Again, yeah, physically on the same continent. Much easier to make those linkages, I think. And China's actively pursuing those linkages. There's the Belt and Road Initiative, if you've never heard of this. It's a, a big, like, overwhelming, you know, giant project uh, by President Xi to connect the, the world to China, uh, arguably with China at the center. And um, part of it is real physical stuff like railways. And aren't there terminals now, like in Italy, uh, if I got that right? Um, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I was thinking about railway jokes. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, if you got one, let's hear no, it. No, no joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get canceled. I don't even have listeners. Oh, dear. Canceled. Okay. <laughs> Well, the railways are being rammed through the tunnel into the dark right. and arriving in Italy, I think. But I'd want to double check. Oh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. I'm sure there's yeah. there's there's plenty of stuff going on. There's been a lot of, um, you know, it's it, it's someone on shaky ground. Some of these investments, some of these projects, uh, especially now, uh, since some of the funds are being, I think, reinvested. And it's not quite sure how things will go forward, but rest assured, it will go forward, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> not, right. Yeah, because we're looking. We're looking at very long-term strategies here. Um, and China, unlike uh, other countries, doesn't have to deal with issues such as re-election. Right. So they, they can play the long game. Yeah. You know, and to give a, a Chinese perspective on this, uh, two things are, um, you know, your system, you say your system is so great. Uh, first of all, in our system, leaders first manage, like, towns, then they manage provinces, then they manage big cities, then they move up in the Communist Party, and then they manage entire portfolios for the country, and then they manage the country. So we essentially have a managerial approach where people prove their experience and capabilities right. and right. rise up. Theoretically, no politics, which of course is a lie. There's lots of politics in the Communist <laughs> Party, but they presumably develop skills, whereas in our democratic system... Maybe you got skills, maybe you don't. And frankly, the skill set to be a national leader on a political stage is different from a business leader. Um, so, yeah, we have a challenge between two different systems. Europe's caught in the middle. I think Europe has many hard choices to make, frankly, about things like defense budgets. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to need to ramp up our defense massively, right? We're going to need an army again. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And is it a unified European army? No doubt about it. It has to be, right? Well, want right. to survive, I think it has to be right. And, and of either course the we UK manage. stupidly still goes its own way. That's still underway, by the way. Brexit supposed to happen by the end of the year. That's God. not going to be great <laughs> for them. Yeah, not yeah for no one. No one wins here. I think. Oh, I that's think a no good one. point. That doesn't turn. That's not going to turn out great for anyone. Um, but let's see what happens. Right. Um, that's that's not get. Let's not go down that rabbit hole, but um, yeah. that's a very complicated situation. But I hope that the rest of Europe can can keep it together for sure. Because wow. no good comes from a divided Europe. I guarantee it. Right. I totally, as an American, I totally agree with that. And America needs to be united with Europe. 
Uh, well, and, and to be completely honest, I am a globalist. I I believe that a united world is a better world. Yes, I, I, I totally I, agree. And it might be difficult to figure out what the unite what the uniting values will be in that united world. Maybe it's commerce. Maybe it's capitalism. Um, but we're 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 you know we're now further and further removed from that dream, from that ever becoming a reality in our lifetimes. Um, it seems very unlikely now. So, but I'm still, I still hope that our pockets <laughs> uh, of a unison will survive, right? Because yeah. nothing good comes from division, yeah. I don't think. Well, you know, and I have not been this explicit, I think, on the show yet, but I do think these are the stakes. Look, anybody listening to the show, if you're a U.S. citizen, you have to vote for Joe Biden. Frankly, uh, Donald Trump, I see it as 300 years down the road. This will be one of those times, if you read Roman history, where this is the emperor that led to the decline of the republic. And frankly, I have a president, we have a president right now uh, who is has us on the cusp of the beginning of the decline of the Republic, uh, destroying our international reputation, uh, celebrating incompetence, uh, celebrating division, uh, celebrating cruelty, all in the name of himself. And I do not think Joe Biden is the best candidate. He was not my candidate. He doesn't necessarily support the policy proposals that I support. He's too middle of the road. I would like to see something more European like healthcare for everybody and things like this. But you know what? We got to do what we got to do in the moment. And I have spent a lifetime voting for the lesser of two evils. Uh, this is one of those, but never has the quote unquote evil, because I don't like to use that word. That's just the turn of phrase. Never has uh, so much been at stake. And I don't think much will come of a, of a Biden administration. Um, I think the Republicans will remain just as ruthless. Uh, and will all of a sudden flip the script and everything that was good under Trump will all of a sudden be bad again under a Democrat. But if Trump is let completely off the hook, doesn't even have to run for, run for re-election, if he is re-elected again, it will be our, the beginning of our decline. And I'm sorry, all you Magites out there, but it's just not true. He's bringing down the Republic and he's bringing down the United States across the world and internally. And Biden's not going to fix everything, but by God, it gives us a window of opportunity. Um, you know, for the first time ever, I have put a political sign for a presidential candidate in my front yard. I put it out there for Biden. Um, I am advocating strongly for voting for him now. Um, and frankly, I'll re lose respect for anybody who votes for Trump again. Um, it's that serious. Um, and then we can start to build as we talked about this world where maybe we can make space for these kinds of enlightenment values um, that were pioneered in Europe and the United States, but have been embraced in numerous places across the world. Uh, my God, I, I think the 21st century is at stake, if not beyond. So, man. Man, let's end it there, man. Yeah. You know, I'll put on the good news music. I, I, I'm not entirely sure that uh, uh, we have uh, good news to talk about. I guess the one thing I'll say is, you know what? It's a beautiful fall day here. I haven't lived in a fall place in a long time. So the leaves are turning. The sun is out. Sometimes the leaves turn over here. It's just because they've burned to death. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, you Nikolai. Go. Hey, good man. News. 
network on Twitter. Apparently, a billionaire reaches his goal of giving away his entire fortune after 38 years of secret donations. Wow. Wow, nice. 38 years. Something tells me I could have done it faster. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. I'm like, wow, I could blow a billion right. quicker. Here's a here's a great health tip for uh, this global pandemic. Taking hot baths regularly may lower blood pressure, study says. Hmm. Oh, hot bath well, later today it is. Huh. Oh, I like this one. All right. Listen to the sassy singing parrot that thinks it's Beyonce. Okay. Yeah, seeing Paris, Beyonce, can go wrong there. I like the image. All right, Nikolai, you take care, man. Take care. All right, have a good week.